Well, everyone doing good? Now, I want you guys to be honest with me. Did you guys eat candy the first thing this morning? How many of you guys ate candy the first thing this morning? That was me. Okay, I ate candy the first—I woke up this morning, and he got me a Kit Kat, because that's the breakfast of champions. So, uh, welcome back to church. I am— I am stoked about last night and what happened last night. So uh, today is going to be a real quick message. Get you in, get you out, get the Cowboys game on But by 3 o'clock, and we should be good to go. Everyone's good? Everyone's all right? Everyone's okay with that? All right. Uh, so by far, this is probably the best collection of believers I've ever had the honor and privilege to lead in my career in ministry, which hasn't been very long. But I tell you what, I've seen a lot of churches. I've been to a lot of churches. I've been a part of churches that have great hearts but no will to do the things. I have been a part of churches that they do a lot of things, but they don't follow up with great hearts. And this is probably the best church I've seen. Uh, last Wednesday at Missional City Group, uh, you guys assembled 600 gift bags to give out to the community on Halloween. How unconventional is it for a church to go out on Halloween and do something? Pretty much unconventional, as I found out, because on Thursday, I was at KB&J praying for the city, and the DJ was just, he couldn't believe that we were going to do something that was not affiliated with, like, a church parking lot. He's like, what do you mean you're going to go out to the city? What do you mean you're going to go out and go door to door and trick-or-treat? I'm like, that's what we do. I don't know. Like, I, I, aren't we called to go out to, the, to meet people, to get to know people? And so you guys assembled 600 bags, and last night we handed them out one by one to hundreds of families. 600 families were actually approached by someone from Impact City Church yesterday— in some form or fashion. We did it through car shows. Uh, Jorge and Blanca took their Jeeps to a trunk retreat at Walmart, and they paid to get in. They lined their Jeeps, their 4 by 4 Jeeps with bags, and they gave them out. So we did it through car shows. Later on, they had a block party in their neighborhood, and they gave out the bottles of water that had our, our name on them and talked to people about the church that they go to, uh, places of work. I heard that Waleska gave out some uh, bags where she works as well. Uh, low-income apartment complexes. We dropped some off of La Amada and just left them there at the front desk. And we had people who were there who could kind of escort people and say, hey, look, there's some candy there. You know, if you want it, there it is. And, and there's lots of information about the church. And so that's a good thing. And then good old-fashioned door-to-door trick-or-treating. And so we actually, was, it, was, it, it, it was something better than what I expected. Because we took families, established families in the church with children, and we connected them with singles in the church or young adults who don't have kids in the church, and they gathered together, they spent a night together, and some of the stories I'm getting back are just amazing. People saying that as they're giving away these bags, that people were like, oh, wow, this was, this was a really cool idea, or some people were just so appreciative to get a bag, you know, because we were giving them out to the adults, and so here are the adults, and they were seeing their kids get candy and everything, and here comes us with a bag for the adults, and they're like just, uh, you know, floored by what, what, what they're getting, but the best one that I had was we were at the lakes passing out candy, these bags, and, and going door-to-door trick-or-treating was this guy. I saw these guys coming up, right, and, I, and they, they just looked like they, they just looked like they wanted to talk to someone, so I walked up to them, I was like, hey, Dad, y'all doing good? You guys doing all right? He's like, yeah, yeah, we're doing okay, you know. I said, hey, bro, I said, can I give you a bag? We're taking care of the parents this, this Halloween and giving you guys something as a treat. So here's something for me to you. Enjoy it. And he goes, okay, okay. And he opened the bag. He's all, oh, hell, the chips. And he goes, oh, hell, oh, it's from a church. Oh, thanks. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Thank you. 
And he opened up the chips, and he started eating the chips. He was so, you can just imagine that his wife was like, don't eat the kid's candy. Don't eat the kid's candy. He's like, hey, check it out, woman. I got something for me. You know, and so he got to eat candy for himself, and it was just awesome. Now, we are praying that, that you know, because y'all did that. The church did that. The church did something this, this Halloween. We didn't just gather in a holy huddle and say to ourselves and say, this is the one night of the year where we are afraid to go out into the world. Listen, the world is always going to be, you know, a a scary place to go into. But we as a church are called to go out into the world. And we are called to love people who are out there in the world. We are called to love people outside of our boundaries, outside of our holy huddles, outside of our circles. And that's what you guys did last night. It was incredible. I'm so, from the bottom of my heart, I'm so proud to be a pastor of a church that does something like that. And so thank you so much. Because listen, when we serve God with all of our heart, all of our soul, all of our strength, and all of our mind, He shows up big time. And we're praying that he continues to show up in big ways here at the church. We're praying that he continues to break the boundaries of, of pride and selfishness and maybe break brokenness and bring it back together. We're praying that he does things like that. We pray that he continues to show up and show us how to love people outside of our communities. Amen? And today, that's what we're going to talk about. Today, we're going to talk about love. We're taking a short break from the Gospel of Mark. Uh, this week, and we're going to talk about love and the impact it can have. Y'all like how I did that? Love and the impact, because we're in, okay, never mind. So, we're going to look at a few things today. We're going to, like I said, quick sermon, real quick sermon today. Uh, we're going to look at a few things. What, one is, uh, what is love? What is love? Two, what is the purpose of love? Okay, three, what is, uh, how do we love? And four, what are the results? So, what is love? What is the purpose of love? How do we love? And what are the results? So first off, what is love? What is love? Baby, don't hurt me. Like, baby. Okay, y'all know that song? Man, you guys are dead this morning. Oh my gosh. Night of the Roxbury. Dun, 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 dun. Okay. Ah, Mike's got it. He's, he's humming it over there. Or is that, is that you, Ray? Okay, that's right. I figured it was Ray. All right. So this is a question that I have learned to ask myself constantly throughout my marriage. I've been married to Sarah 10 years now, and I have constantly had to ask myself, what is love? Because let's be honest, if we don't ask ourselves and remind ourselves what love is, we can lose sight of what love is over the years, okay? Because if we don't follow up with it, it goes away. Knowing how to love someone is not like, the same as knowing how to ride a bike. You can't like, get off of it for a few years and then get back on and you're good to go. Knowing to love someone takes a constant reminder of how to love someone. What is it? So what, basically, what is love biblically? What is love biblically? Our biblical example of what true love is is shown in God's love for the sinner, us. The way that God loves us is the way we should look at love and see what exactly it is. Because after all, if we're going to look at someone for an example of what love really is, I'd rather look at God than Kim and Kanye or someone like that, like a celebrity. You know, look at Blake and, um, you know, Miranda. I mean, like, you know, why don't we look towards God versus celebrities or someone like that to understand who love is. And so Romans 5, 8 says this. By the way, if you don't have your Bibles or some of the edges of the rows, 
Uh, we're going to have some up on the screen as well. Uh, you can get on Facebook and check that out as well. Make sure you check in and let your friends know that you're here at Impact City Church. Tell them, hey, they did something cool for Halloween. It was pretty awesome. But you can look up on the screen. We can have it there as well. So Romans 5.8 says this. It says, But God shows his love for us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Romans 5.8, very common verse. That means that the lost sinner living in rebellion and sin is still loved by God. That he is still loved by God, no matter how distant they become, no matter how far we get from Christ. He still loves us. He loves us enough to die for us and pay for our debt while we're still sinning against him. Okay? This shows us that true biblical love is a matter of will and not emotion. Okay, let me say that again. True love is based on will and not emotion. True love is based on what we choose to do versus what we feel like we want to do. Love is what we choose to do versus what we feel we want to do. It's choices versus reactions. It's brain and heart versus heart and other body parts. You know, love is what we acknowledge and what we choose to do versus what we feel like we want to do. God chose to love us, and his love was not based on pure merit. Basically, wasn't based on what we are, uh, you know, deserving or what we're not deserving. His love is based on what he chose to do for us, for us. That means that we're not entitled to his love by any means. Rather, as 1 John 4, 8 says, that God is love. We're not entitled to it, but rather he is love, and he chose to give us his love. Love. The Apostle Paul lays out this definition of love pretty clearly in 1 Corinthians. You guys, if you have a coffee mug with something, this is probably written on there. A shirt from Mardell, it's probably in the back of that shirt. You might even have it as a, as a plaque somewhere up in your, in your room somewhere. I hope you do. This is a good definition. But uh, Paul says this, his love is patient, love is kind. Love does not envy or boast. Love is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes in all things, and endures in all things. Love never ends. So God is telling us that the true biblical love will never fail as well. It's a choice, and it's something that is there. It's true, and it never fails. Relationships that are based on emotion will eventually fail. But those that are based on the tenets of true biblical love will stand the test of time, and they will never fail. But if you notice something about that list, love is patient, love is kind, it bears all things. You know something, that list never mentions getting your personal needs met. That list never says, love is patient, love is kind, love gives you everything you want. Uh, it, it also makes sure that you're always happy in the relationship. Love makes sure that, that no matter what happens, that you always win the argument. That is what love is. No, that's not what it says. It also doesn't say anything about you constantly being happy. Let me tell you something. I've been married to Sarah 10 years. I'm going to tell you something, and she's probably going to kill me. We have had moments where we're not happy with each other, straight up. <laughs> I know. We've had moments where we're not happy with each other. 
There's moments where we say, you know what? Today I just need to kind of stay away from you for right now. Or today we're going to need to talk about what we're going through right now. This is the something we've got to discuss. But you know what? It's not about your happiness. It's about your joy. Love is about something bigger than just being happy. It's a choice you make and continue to fight for and strive for, even when it doesn't feel right, even when it's just wrong. Love is a choice that you make. It's a selfless service to someone else. Love is a selfless uh, service to someone else. So the true definition of love is that it's a choice to constantly be selfless and to serve someone else. A choice of love, uh, the true definition of love is a choice to be constantly selfless and to serve others. Now, that's the definition of love. If that's the definition of love, what is the purpose of love? Well, to find out the purpose and the reason for love, we can turn to Romans 13. Y'all want to turn there, Romans 13, verse 8? And that's going to be up here on the screen. Romans 13, verse 8 says this. Here we see Paul writing. He says, Owe no one anything except to love one another For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. For the commandment says, You shall not commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, and you shall not covet. And any other commandments are summed up in this word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Verse 10. Love does does no wrong to your neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. So the work of a Christian is to simply love. That's our duty. That's what we do. Your purpose as a Christian is simply to love. And the purpose of that is to fulfill the law. We love to fulfill the laws and the commandments of God. When God says to do this, we do it because God said so. We're fulfilling what he wants done around us. And isn't that just incredible, by the way, though? To me, that blows me that the way we keep God's commandments is simply to love. There's not this mass quantity of rules and regulations surrounded by this God. He says, hey, if you want to just obey my commands, simply just love everyone. Just love. And there's so much that is entailed in loving someone that if you just love someone, you will be doing my commandments naturally. Love someone. You want to know how you're doing with God? You want to know how your relationship is with God? Ask yourself this. How is my relationship with other people? How is my relationship with, with neighbors? Am I reaching out in selfless acts of service to those who are around me? Am I, am I loving people outside of my comfort zone? Am I being nice to people who are not really nice to me? How am I loving people? If that's not you, uh, you know, don't get it confused, though. You know? Um, you know, I'm not saying that we have to do this to show God that we are, uh, uh, it's like an attempt to get right with him. Now, I'm saying that we do this as a result of what he has already done in us. Our desire to share what has been shared in us is what love is. We, because it's a clear sign that you have a loving relationship with Christ. In fact, First uh, John 4.20 says, If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he's a liar. For he who does not love his brother, whom, shall he, whom has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. Saying if, if you say you love Christ and yet you, you hate your brother, then you probably don't love Jesus. Because how can you say you love someone who you've never seen before and hate someone who you have seen before? And so 
That's what it's saying here, that we, if we, we love Jesus, if we have a relationship with Christ, we're going to naturally love other people around us. It's going to come naturally. If something is not working there, if it's not jiving, you need to get with your Holy Savior, Jesus' time, and figure out what is going on with that connection there. Plead, God, help me have eyes like you. Help me have a heart for the lost like you. Help me see people in need like you, Lord. All right, but, but you know, real talk, heal, right? Real talk. That's not easy to do. Amen? It is not easy to love people all the time. People who annoy you, it's not easy to love. People who do absolutely nothing for you, it's not easy to love. Family is not easy to love. We'll just say that. People who hurt you. People who hurt your kids. People who put down your family, your life, the way you are. It's not easy to love people like that. Can I get an amen? Amen. Got you guys on something good. To be honest, it's actually impossible to love people like that. There's people I don't want to love. It's impossible to love someone who wants to hurt you all the time. It's impossible to love someone who just has a desire to just push against you and doesn't talk smack about your kids, talk smack about your family. It's impossible to love someone who's trying to gun for your job at work. It's impossible to love someone who's coming against you in in, in some type of way. It's impossible to love someone except without the relationship with Jesus Christ. The only way that we can love someone that much is if we ourselves have a relationship with Jesus Christ. Because Jesus has shown us the way to love someone with a selfless approach. He has shown us the way that we can love without expecting anything in return. He has shown us how we can love while experiencing pain and affliction from someone who hates us. Because he's shown us that on the cross, when he was on the cross, and they were brutally trying to murder him upon the cross, and they were yelling at him and spitting at him, throwing things at him, talking smack, insulting Jesus on the cross. What did he say? He looked at them. He said, Father... Forgive them, for they know not what they do. If anyone has the right to be upset and hate someone, it's Jesus. Because he was perfect, sinless, had no wrongdoing in his life, and yet was murdered. He was attacked, and yet he still loved those people. It's an example that we need to look to every time. So to recap, we've said that love is a choice to be selfless, and to serve others daily so that we can fulfill the law and the commandments of God. But how do we do this? And what are the results? This is a theology part. Now here comes the application part. How do we do this in our lives? If we know that the purpose of love is to live selfishly and to serve others because we do it to fulfill the commandments of God, how do we bring that into effect into our real lives? How do we do that? We do it by living out the gospel with people around us. We live out the gospel with those who are around us because the only the gospel generates such an inside-out affection and service for others, for Jesus Christ, because he has loved us earnestly. He has loved us with such intensity that that's the only way that we can show that love to people around us is to live out the gospel to, with people around us. As our hearts are armed with the love of Christ, we are changed, and we delight also to love others. It's a joy to love others as well. We share with others the gift that God has given us by serving them as Christ has served us. 
We mow their yards. We hand deliver a dozen cookies just because. Why not? We stand near when disaster strikes them. When your neighbor has a death in the family or whenever something crazy happens to someone you know at work or whatever, you stand near them. You become that anchor for them to turn to, to find Jesus. You're, you're there for them. You pay attention and you would see the moments. You attend good moments in their lives. If your neighbors are getting married and they invite you, don't say, I don't, I don't have time to go to that. I don't even better know them. No, go be there. Be there for your friends and your neighbors. Be there for their graduations. Be there for the times or baby showers. Listen, there's a lot of moments in life that are just special to people. How much more special would they be if you're there spending it with them? That automatically puts you in a circle with people that, that they say, hey, you know, that person came to something special for me. They must care about me. If you want to show someone how much you really love them, attend special events in their life. It's not easy. It's hard. Make the effort. It'll pay off. Uh, we pay for people's behind us while we wait in the, in the drive-thru at Starbucks or at McDonald's if you eat that junk. And, you know, wherever you're at, you know, you pay for that food. Let's just say Whataburger. Let's just do that. That's a safe, that's a safe bet. Everyone likes Whataburger. We tip really well at restaurants. And when I say tip really well, I mean more than $10. Okay, you know, and if you have a, you know, a table, like just tip really well. The way you do that is you're loving other people, showing them that they have value to you. We love and we serve like this. And scripture says when we do this, there will be a joy that is produced in our hearts. A joy. Look at Philippians 1. Philippians 1 talks about this. It says, so if there is any encouragement in Christ... Any comfort from love, any participation in the Spirit, any affection and any sympathy, complete my joy by being of the same mind, having the same love, being full accord and in one mind. Do nothing out of selfish or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. When we love others, it is an encouragement. If there's any encouragement, it means to love others. If there's any encouragement in doing what we do, it's simply because we are loving others, okay? And as a church, we are called to love. As a church body, we are the hands and feet of Christ. And when Christ is there to embrace someone, it is the church that acts as his arms to embrace someone. We are called to live a life like this. It is our purpose of life. And starting today, I want to challenge us, every single one of us here in the room, to live like that. I want to challenge us with this. We're going to start by living up to the name of this church. And we're going to help make an impact here in this town. Amen? We're going to do that. As you leave today, you're going to receive a few of these cards. You can look them up on the screen. Here they are. No. There you go. You're going to receive a few of these cards. You're like, what, what, what is this right here? Okay. These cards say you've just been impacted. This is the campaign we're going to do throughout the holiday season. What happens in holiday seasons? People are really open to being generous. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to be real generous to the city that we live in. We're going to love the city that we are a part of. And this is a way that you can love your neighbors and point them back 
to Jesus, okay? So these cards in the front, that say, you've just been impacted. It has 1 Peter 4, 8 on there as well. In the back, says, we are a young church striving to make a difference here in Corpus Christi, Texas. Not starving. Striving to make a difference in Corpus Christi, Texas. We believe that that can happen if we all take a little time and impact someone around us. And it has information about who we are and what we do. And simply what I want us to do is I want us to just kind of cover the city with these cards. I want us to carry them in our wallets and our purses and whenever we feel an opportunity to love someone, to show them a way of affection, do it and then leave this card. Just leave it behind some way. When you tip your waitress, and like I said, I mean tip her well, okay? You leave this card inside the checkbook when she comes to pick it up. Whenever you give a gift to your neighbor, uh, you leave this card for them as well. Whenever you pay for someone's lunch, uh, give this to the waiter or waitress and say, give this to them versus the bill. Or whenever they come up behind you in line, give it to the person in the window and they give them that card. I've done it before. It, it, it's incredible what can happen, I promise you. If we all start doing this day to day in our lives, just throughout the day, I promise you we will see lives change. I promise you we will see something happen in the city. I promise you because it is written in God's word. It's a promise so powerful that we actually wrote it on the card. Because like I said, 1 Peter 4, 8, 8 says this. And I like the way the Holman Christian Standard puts it. 1 Peter 4, 8 says, Above all, maintain an intense love for one another, since love covers a multitude of sins. Because love covers a multitude of sins. You want to know... You want to know how you're going to see a city redeemed for Jesus? You want to see your community where people worship Jesus as king? You want to see your neighborhood come to know Jesus and overcome the power of sin? You want to see your coworkers get past addictions and get past? You want to see marriages restored around you? You love them. You don't throw Bible verses at them. You don't throw tracts at them. You don't sit there and yell at them and tell them how they're going to hell. You love them. First Peter is clear. Above all, maintain an intense love for one another. Not a mediocre love. Not a every other so often love. An intense love for one another. Be willing to reach out and be the arms of Jesus. And if you do so, As Scripture promises, it will cover a multitude of sins. Let's all maintain that intense love for those around us. And let's make an impact here in Corpus Christi. Amen? Let's pray. God, thank you for this group. Thank you for this gathering. God, um, thank you for just your love for us. Lord, you showed us how to love. And you ask us to just simply mirror that love to people around us. God, may we love others. May we strive to reach out and be a church that is going to make an impact in this community. God, we love you, and we seek opportunities this week to do so. God, also, as before we leave, may we just pray for the offering. May you just make this offering everything that we need and nothing that we want. And we continue to provide for this church so we can be a light here in Corpus Christi. God, thank you for what happened last night. Thank you for great connections that were made and we pray that we will follow through with those connections that we will be a church that makes an impact here in Corpus Christi and all of God's people said Amen